Hi guys, welcome back to the weekly crypto catch-up. Today you won't have the subtle, beautiful undertones of Pav Hundal, but you will have myself, Tommy Honan, and I'm joined again on the couch by... By Ted. Ted. I mean, I can't believe it. I've got an invite back. So I obviously did something right last week, or, you know, we're just really struggling for guests. I was going to say, it's either that or everyone's not back from leave yet. From yeah. Christmas, but, you know... Yeah, you're really scraping the barrel here, but... We'll let the audience decide, man. We'll let hey, the audience I, if I were you, I'd, you know, I'd feel the pressure right now I do I do feel the pressure any, yeah. any week I can't make it I, I do feel the pressure man you're uh, man, I'm coming you're hot in my heels I'm it's coming good. for you good but um, no guys thanks again for, for tuning in it's an exciting time to be back in crypto we're trying to put 2022 behind us I think a lot of people <laughs> after what we've seen and absolutely it's uh, great to get any kind of positive sentiment I think I mentioned the last podcast that I was on with, with Pav any positive sentiment to start off the year we'll take mm-hmm. and uh, you know we've had that so far the markets have been doing pretty good things some crazy things as well there's some new trends that we're gonna have a chat about today to kick things off ted what what are you seeing in the market man what's happening in your eyes well mate yeah like like you said i'm forgetting about 2022 and just looking at 2023 and beyond because don't worry about you know, the 90 percent. no i can't even remember what happened last year yeah, yeah that's it's right. all it's all a blur who remembers that stuff anyway no, not me <laughs> not me that's for sure um but look great start to the year like we Covered on last week, I thought maybe we'd have a bit of a pullback after we surpassed 20k. But look, another uptick. I think we're we're yep. sitting above 23k as as we record this, which is a six month high. So, you know, great news. And and you don't often see this in bear markets. These like huge, oh, well, I wouldn't say huge, but these big upticks. So, you know, it's positivity in the market and and a confidence among investors has has grown considerably. Yeah. So I think it's just about seeing if we maintain this level. I think from me, I've got to be the Debbie Downer here. Um, I wish I could say things are going 100K you know, next week, but I've been looking at the, the indicators, RSI in particular, and, and it's yep. sitting at 85, which is considered like quite heavily overbought. Yep. Now, like usually the RSI- like a, a sell signal, right? Like usually? Typically, yeah. yes. Yeah. Typically, yes. So for anyone that doesn't know, it's like anything above 70 is considered overbought. Anything below 30 is considered underbought. So, you know, it's not the only indicator you should be taking into account, but it is one of those things that you should keep an eye on and, and maybe factor into your trading decisions. The RSI is always a good one. You know, even the, even that we talk about the fear and greed index a fair bit, you know, some very successful traders have used just a couple of indicators like that to, to help mm-hmm. them, you know, move the decisions. Like you got the MACD as well, which essentially crosses like a blue and red line on the, on the chart that tells you when you should buy, when you should sell, when it crosses over. So yeah. there's a couple of kind of key ones there. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well. But uh, I'm keen to hear what you're thinking. Yeah, Matt. I mean, everyone's asking now, was that the bottom? Have we have we done it? We had all these black swan events in, in 22, but yet here we are in with kind of bullish sentiment. So it's like, again, it's it's really, really positive. I don't know. Nobody knows if the bottom was in. I guess definitely airing on kind of conservative positivity at mm-hmm. the moment. Like I think Bitcoin, I've got a couple of key levels that I'm watching. I'm kind of looking at the 23 and a half for it to hold or break to the upside or anything below kind of 22 is kind of, you know, kind of turning a bit bearish again. So looking at Ethereum as well, obviously top two assets, 1850 is kind of the level I'm looking for us to break above and, you know, anything below kind of 1500 on uh, on Ethan to the downside. So yep. I mean, at the moment, it's holding up pretty well. I myself last week thought we were going to see a couple of days of, of down over the weekend. It never happened. We had a bit of a a drop a couple of percent, I think, over a 12-hour period and then came back up again. So, mm-hmm. you know, recovering nicely, some really, really strong volumes coming into the market when 
when it does turn, which mm. is which is promising. So whether it's on a, a couple of candles down or, or up, it's, there's a lot of volume coming in, which we haven't seen for, you know, like you said, 12 months. So yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's really good. I did, I did, I did want to mention, <laughs> you know, a few people are talking about on Twitter, you don't see market pumps like this in, in a bear market. And, you know, it's definitely something to consider. That is true. Like you don't usually see assets up 200%, 300%, you know, even in the top 20 assets, we're seeing assets up 60, 70%. So yeah. you don't usually see that in bear markets, but it's definitely one to consider. But, you know, I think the key thing to do right now is just keep a level head and try not to fall more into the assets and follow the kind of crowd and yeah, see see where we go. Yeah. I mean, like you said, like it feels like it's 2021 again when you're seeing assets pump over 100% in, yeah. in a week. And I haven't really seen that in previous bear markets so yeah it's it's positive signs i wouldn't take that as like you know this is the bull market sure. but it, yeah. it's a step in the right direction and, and something to you know keep an eye on yeah people just have to be cautious and and you know try and try and take some lessons from what we've seen in 2022 as well you know as much as we're trying to forget it and we're joking about it here you still have to keep those lessons kind of yeah. top of mind but um like on the top movers mate we were looking at um you know singularity net agix up 371% in 30 days. WNXM, 55%. Just a couple of notable ones down at the bottom. Mm-hmm. The crypto kind of, the AI narrative kind of is continuing. I know you guys covered it in the last podcast. We did cover it last week. So if you got on any of those AI tokens, you have us to thank. <laughs> That's right. So, I mean, looking at Fetch is another asset. I think they're they're both, they're just considerably up hundreds of percent in the last couple of yeah. last 30 days. I think days, they're so. the, to- the biggest gainers in the last 30 days yeah. um, to AI tokens. Yeah. And, and like we said last week, it's it's highly on the back of the chat GPT frenzy that we've been seeing. Um, and I think it's just been confirmed that Microsoft are officially investing $10 billion into OpenAI, which nice. is the creator of Ch- uh, chat GPT. And there's rumors that, you know, they were going to build a, a chat bot into to Bing, you know, the search engine search and engine, stuff yeah. like that. So, yeah, anyone that has used it, like it does blow your mind. It does. So, you know, we have to realize a future where, we're relying on, not relying on it, but like we're using it a lot more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, this is the tip of the iceberg now. So, yep. you know, I think we'll be using it in everyday lives in some form or another, whether it's replacing Google searches or whatever whatever way it's going to be yeah. uh, implemented. But yeah, I it's think, definitely one to watch. I think it's like, you know, a couple months ago, someone in the office showed me and I was like, this is incredible. And now you're seeing it covered by all the mainstream news outlets and yep. everything. So it it has taken off. Yeah, It has well and truly taken off. And and I think we'll continue to see that trend play out over the next year. Yeah, I'm going to talk about Ethereum as well in a minute, but Lido Dow is another one that's up 170% in the last 30 days. That's um, a liquid staking solution, so you, where you can stake your Ethereum on uh, with Lido Dow, they're one of the biggest pools. Uh, and then Rocket Pool are actually Brizzy, Brizzy Boys, Brizzy yeah. Company. They're up about 100% as well in the last 30 days or so. And uh, yeah, they're another decentralized staking protocol, which, which I, I really like as well. And they actually got listed on a couple of exchanges with the XWheel that's in it last week. There's a couple of big exchanges like Binance yeah. listed them as well. So it's good to see support for these local projects as well coming through the ranks. It is good to see. And I think they've been doing big things since, you know, the merge came out. Yep. So yeah, one to keep an on. Yeah, we'll cover that a bit, bit closely soon. Tell us about Genesis. You you have a story on on Genesis, which is uh, not a great one, but let's, yeah, let's hear it. yeah. I wish I had some good news for you guys, but um, yeah, Genesis has filed for bankruptcy. So to give you a bit of background about Genesis, they're owned by Digital Currency Group, which are like a venture capital out of the US that own you know the likes of CoinDesk and 
grayscale and, and these Deeps huge of companies. Yeah. They, they own like a suite of. Oh, they're massive. Yeah, they are absolutely massive. Yeah. But the story is that Genesis have uh, gone bankrupt and, and they actually owe like a couple of billion to creditors. One of the big ones being Gemini, the, the crypto exchange. Winklevoss twins. The Winklevoss boys. Yep. And uh, so they're, they're, you know, rightfully so, not very happy yep. with the guys at DCG and, and the guys at Genesis. And I think they're going to try and sue DCG over this matter because I think they're owed close to a billion dollars. Yep. And, you know, this could have a, a huge impact on the market because- if DCG, you know, if, if they get sued and, and they need to liquidate some of their assets, a lot of their assets within that grayscale trust yep. are in Bitcoin. Sure. And so we're talking like, you know, hundreds of millions, maybe billions of dollars in Bitcoin being sold to, you know, pay off these creditors and whatnot. So sure. yeah, this is uh, one of those stories that you need to be able to monitor because, sure. mate, the the impact could be huge. I put it in the same kind of category as like Mt. Gox, like the yeah. whole unlock of Mt. Gox, Bitcoin, are they going to be sold into the market? What are the impacts they are going to have in the market? But I, I think I read somewhere that the Bitcoin Grayscale Trust are like the second or third biggest holders mm, of, of Bitcoin, Bitcoin yeah. um, globally. So, yeah. you know, obviously it's not one to understate and, and definitely one that needs to be watched. Absolutely not. And yeah. uh, just off the back of that news, Gemini have announced that they are laying off 10% of their staff. So, you know, it's not necessarily a detrimental number sure. for Gemini, but I guess it's it's you know not great news for yeah. for the exchange. There's knock-on effects of everything. Like everyone in the industry has been affected in some point. Yeah. Like even if it's it might not be directly coming from your business, but there's knock-on effects of all these kind of 100%. things. And yeah, plays on the market, plays on companies. That's just the world we live in, and that's how that's how everything works, really. But um, absolutely, I've got a bit of a better story. Please <laughs> tell me. Uh, so I, I mentioned I was going to talk about Ethereum quickly. Ethereum's protocol upgrade that they that they brought in in August in 2021 which basically it's EIP-1559, right? Which mm-hmm. nobody cares about that. But essentially what they do care about is the Ethereum supply is decreasing. Ethereum is being burned. And in the last 18 months, 4.6 billion, would it be, worth of Ethereum has been burned um, burned and gone. It's sent to a burning contract, essentially. Jesus. And so basically the, the idea is it becomes a deflationary asset Obviously, we talk about it's gone through the the merge as mm-hmm. well during the year to move to proof of stake. So, I think just continuing to kick goals and just it's great to see this, the stats come out now from I guess the effects of work that was done quite a while ago. Yeah, and this this burn mechanism it just means that right now there is more Ethereum being destroyed than has actually been issued. Mm. So people think about currencies, think about just printing money, printing money. This is deflationary, has a deflationary yeah. effect, which is essentially the opposite to that. So Super relevant right now, right? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, Matt. So, you know, there is um, the chart that I'm referencing here, but it is it is essentially shows that the supply of ETH, you know, where it used to be increasing, increasing up and to the right, essentially, mm-hmm. is now starting to kind of level out. So, you know, really, I guess, good long-term signs for Ethereum post-merge and, and everything else that they're doing. And then the other one is, if people have heard about it or haven't heard about it, when you stake Ethereum at the moment, it's your Ethereum is locked in the mm-hmm. Lincoln chain. So that's just part of the protocol rules mm-hmm. at the moment. So their new upgrade is, is called Ethereum is the Shanghai upgrade. Everyone's been talking about it for quite a while, but it's actually coming really, really close now. Actually, just today, they launched their mainnet shadow fork, which is essentially like a test of the real thing. So that just happened today as oh, well. starting on the 24th. So, you know, this is, it's all showing really good signs for that Ethereum upgrade to, to come into fruition very soon. You know, people are talking about in March. 
before the end of March. So okay. that's really cool. Yeah. And just to, I guess, finish off on ETH as well, like it's back over 1600 bucks. You know, post-merge ETH dropped to $1,000 USD. Mm-hmm. So we're back. We're kind of back to those levels again now. So it's, um, I think it's a bit of a good news story and one, one to watch. I'm not, you know, telling people to go out and buy Ethereum and definitely, you know, do your own research and all the rest of it. But it's um, showing some good signs and the devs working on ETH can perform, you know, they've proven that they can pull off these big feats and yeah, and it's, yeah it's, it's, uh, it's exciting. Yeah, I think obviously the team behind Ethereum are making all the right decisions. And know, you know, for the longevity of the coin and platform itself, they know they know what to do. And just like Bitcoin has limited supply, this is Ethereum's way of managing the supply and, and keeping that, you know, obviously the supply and demand. Yeah. That's it, right? That's yeah. what drives the price up. I was very upset during the week. Guy in the US, Jamie Diamond, he was talking about how do we know Bitcoin's supply is fixed. Mm. He said it's, there's probably going to be way more Bitcoin than 21 million, which is really upsetting to people that know anything about Bitcoin and how it's actually programmed and yeah, yeah. everything else. Um, just yeah. thought I'd throw that in there as well, just uh, off the cuff. I've never actually heard anyone say that. Yeah. It's an interesting take. Because it's a really un- uninformed yeah. Um, yeah, opinion. But anyway, interesting. These, are the, these are the kind of things that some of the, some of the banks are talking about. Mate, anything to try and downplay what's happening in crypto, hey? That's right. That's right. Well, um, we're well used to it and decided to coin, mate. Exactly. Um, okay, I'm going to finish off with uh, a third story, another good story. So the UK is introducing a foreign tax exemption. You know, we think of the the global crypto hubs, like uh, particularly Asia and the United States. So Australia, we're doing the right things, but I don't think we're quite big enough to, you know, be alongside those players. We're slow. I guess you pretty say slow. we're a little bit slow. Yeah, yeah. pretty slow. Yeah, um, but the UK and, and hopefully Europe will follow suit are, are making these decisions, um, which are hopefully going to you know drive crypto innovation and and more investment in the country. So to to get to the specifics of it, so any capital gains made from crypto up to twelve thousand three hundred pounds will be tax free for foreign investors. So I guess it's it's kind of an incentive for anyone to come into the country if they're looking to to make some money off crypto. Yeah, use use the onshore platforms to invest in. Yeah, yeah. that's what they're trying to do, right? Yeah. Exactly. Not going to affect the economy, maybe creates jobs, and I think that's the way they're looking at it. I know the, the Prime Minister was speaking about UK as, you know, the global kind of crypto hub, right? Mm. Which it's been touted from a lot of different countries, but uh, yep. yeah, he seems to be, seems to have it kind of pretty high up the agenda, which is interesting. Yeah, well, I know he was the former finance minister in the UK. That's right. And he was always a big advocate for the digital currency and yep. innovation in that space. So... I think from our perspective, it's great that he's, you know, he's prime minister yep, there now sure. and, and it's going to be an interesting space to see play out yeah, as crypto sure. grows in the UK. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Uh, mate, off the cuff, NFTs are back. Are Oof. they back? OpenSea, uh, consecutive months of growth in sales for the first time since 22, essentially. So, you know, a lot, we've got a lot of friends in the NFT space, mm. all, all up on the eastern seaboard here in Australia, but... Yeah, it's interesting to see that NFTs are, you know, people said that they were going to be a fad and, you know, everything else. A lot yeah. of people have different opinions on them, but we're seeing back in OpenSea again, which is the main mm. essentially platform for buying and selling NFTs. They're starting to show a bit of growth again, which is kind of in line with the market, but it's interesting to see that that they're, you know, highlighting growth there yeah. early. Yeah. I mean, we saw the NFT craze in 2021 with all the, you know, the board at Yop clubs and yep. the Blue chippers and whatnot, and yeah, and then we saw just pretty much a, a huge steep decline, um, particularly in OpenSea numbers. Like you said, it was yep. the, it's the biggest platform, and some people were were saying, you know, this is it. 
yep. NFTs are done. It's done, yeah. Like especially that type of NFT, like the sure. the JPEG, yeah, the yeah. JPEG collection yeah. type ones. But yeah, I suppose it's a positive story heading into the year. It's good. That's, you know, the numbers are, are starting to trend upwards. Yeah, it's going to be very pleasing for people in that space. You know, I guess a lot of people were thinking, are they going to continue with projects that they might have already started? Or, you know, it's quite, it can be quite demoralizing if you're mm. seeing just the market get kick after kick, I guess. So, um, yeah, no, it's good. Any any good news story, like we said, we'll, we'll try and hold on to it. The other one I've seen was uh, probably not, not the best news story, but Signature Bank in the U.S., advise that they will no longer support any, if it's crypto exchange customers, with buying and selling amounts under, which is the key word here is under 100,000 mm. US, which is a lot of money. It is. So, you know, they're, essentially they're going to be a fiat on-ramp and off-ramp. So if they're no longer supporting their exchange partners, well, they're going to obviously look for ulterior methods or, you know, are you going to cut out the, the flow for people to be able to get their money in and out of exchanges? So... Yeah, uh, it's. I think it just points to the risk. Banks are starting to look. Their risk appetite's a lot lower than what it used to be on crypto and digital assets and and exchanges and platforms and things like that. Following probably as a knock on effect again from FTX. You know, we're still dealing with it and we yeah, will be for some time. For sure, for sure. No, yeah. I think that'll that'll probably continue for you know for most of this year until yeah. things start to get look a little bit brighter in the yeah. markets and banks start to regain that trust within the entire industry. Yep. But yeah, to finish us off, I wanted to shout out next week's episode. It's an exciting time. Do you know what we're talking about, Tommy? Yeah, that'll be the, the hundred tapping into crypto episode, Matt. The hundredth episode. Can you yeah. believe it? Do you reckon Pav will be able to drag himself out of bed for that one? I think we're going to have to get him out. Again. It's only right. I don't want to overshadow his. We know, might presence. be able to get you in over the top as like a supporting act. Maybe. Would maybe. that be okay? Let's, I mean, we'll put it out to the, the audience if they want to see me again. Yeah. Yeah. Please don't don't hold back. If you don't want to see me again, please let us yeah, know. Let us know. Um, but Pav will hopefully be back soon enough. Yeah. So ne- next week's a bit of a special episode where, where we'll be collecting your questions via, you know, our social accounts. So g- hit us up on Instagram and, and hit us up with some questions. Um, hard ones, please. Hard ones. Love the hard and yeah. Yeah, the curveballs. Put them under favorites. pressure. Put them under pressure, yeah. guys. So yeah. like just send us a question and, and Tommy yeah. and Pav will do their best to answer them. Will we get um, the crystal ball out for the episode? Just... The crystal ball might come out. I think it has to. All right, we'll get yeah. it out. We'll get it out. I mean, I'm not saying we're going to make any predictions, but yeah. the crystal ball might. So. so I've seen someone asking a question like, what will the Bitcoin price be on my birthday? Or something yeah, like, like, ask well, crystal First ball. of all, I don't know what your birthday is. <laughs> Second of all, nobody bloody knows. But anyway, that's yeah. why we talk about that. Except yeah. the crystal ball. Except the crystal ball, Yeah, which knows everything. So anyway. tune in to find out more from the crystal ball next that's week. That's it. Ted, thanks for, thanks for joining me. And us again on the podcast, man. It was great mate, to have you on. It's it's always good to be on. It might be my last time. Who knows? Whatever you guys let us know. Yeah, we'll, we'll see, man. We'll leave it up to... It's, it's a democracy here. Yeah, right? we'll exactly. See, that's how it I'm is. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. We will see you next week again for the next episode. We'll cover the crypto markets on the week of catch-up. Lovely. Thank you, guys. Bye now. See you later. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 